You're tuned in to The Todd Coconado Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconado.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconado. Well, welcome everybody. 10 key attributes of biblical leadership calling it the guiding lights like when you're landing a plane you know the guiding lights the 10 key attributes of biblical leadership why we need to know this because a lot of people are raising themselves up in this hour they don't want to be mentored they don't want to be teachable and so we're getting into what it actually means to be a biblical leader on today's show what is a true biblical leader what does a biblical leader look like how can you tell if somebody is a true leader versus somebody that's a wolf. Well, we've talked about this extensively this year, but I think today's broadcast is going to help because what I found in pastoring in 23, and I've pastored for 25 years now pretty much, uh, is that a lot of people don't want to be discipled. They don't want to be teachable. Uh, The minute that you bring any sort of correction to them, they leave. They, They get offended. So basically, they're good as long as you encourage them and lift them up and support them and don't say anything bad. But the minute that you challenge them on something, they bail. And that, my friend, is a bad leader. That, that's not a leader because a leader has to be teachable. They have to be able to look at things and say, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What can I do better? That is, a, that is an effective leader. And I want to just tell you this. As much as I say I've been in the ministry for 25 years, if you think those 25 years have been perfect or easy or without mistakes, I'd be lying to you. I've made many mistakes over the years. And so as I've said recently on Firepower with Mario, is that a good leader, and I'm not saying I'm this great leader, but I think I'm definitely teachable, and the Lord has given me favor in the ministry, and he's given many of my friends favor. And so what I'm trying to do is, is to help those listening, if you are a leader, It'll sharpen you because iron sharpens iron. And if you're not a leader, but you want to be a leader, this will help you to see what a biblical leader should look like. And if you're not a leader, that's okay also, but at least it'll show you who you should be following. Instead of just following anybody blindly, you should know the attributes of people that you follow, what what, what biblical leadership looks like versus some folks that are out there that are acting as if they're leaders, but they're not really living according to the Bible. So that's why we got to discuss this because it's such an important thing. What I notice in the church these days is everybody wants to be leaders. Not everybody, but a lot of people, a lot of people. I mean, people come in and they just say, well, can you, you know, put me in a ministry, put me, I don't even know you. I have to know you for a while to see who you are, how you act, what you do. I got to get discernment from the Holy Spirit about you. But people just come in and then they, I've actually seen this where they try to push themselves into a leadership role. That's not the way you get into a role. It's actually through serving and through the Holy Spirit leading the person who's in, in charge of the ministry or whatever it is that you're trying to, to be a leader at, you know, if it's a ministry or maybe it's a business or wherever, whoever's in charge of that business or that ministry. And if it's a Christian business, hopefully they have discernment and they're, pre- they're a person of prayer. They're prayerful over who they put in to leadership. 
So this is just all around going to help us to define what the Bible actually says, and that way we can test the spirits, and it'll sharpen our discernment and understanding of what the Scripture says when it comes to a leader in the body of Christ or a Christian who's a leader. Now, let me just tell you, if you're, if you're a, a father, you're a leader. You're a leader of your home. You're a mom, you're a leader. You're a leader of your family, your kids, you know. Um, there's many different roles of leadership. You, you can be a teacher in a class. You're a leader of that class. You can be heading up a Bible study. You're a leader in that Bible study. You could be a worship leader. There's so many different roles where, where they would be considered a leadership role. But the key is, are we exuding, are we walking in a circumspect manner? Are we walking in accordance to the Bible as a leader? And how can we be better? How can we grow? How can we become a true biblical leader? Well, here's the guiding lights, the 10 attributes, and we're going to get through them today on today's broadcast. So number one, humility. Number one, humility. So Philippians 2.3 says this, Philippians 2.3, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Well, here's an example. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. That's right. In John 13, one through seven. Why is humility important in leadership? Because a leader is an effective leader. A good leader is not leading from the top down. He's actually pushing or she's actually pushing people up. You want to be making disciples. That's the great commission. And a leader in the Bible, according to the Bible, a Christian leader should be making disciples and, oh, and honestly working themselves out of a job. Like as a senior pastor, I would love to find somebody, and I know I will because God will send this person. In fact, there's already several people at the ministry that I think could be potential in this position that I would raise up as another pastor, my Joshua, in other words. And have I done this before in the ministry over the last many years? Of course. I've raised up many people over the years and then blessed them as they go into their full potential. And, and they, they have a mission, something that God has put in their heart as their calling. But for a season, they were with me, and I was able to uh, pour into them and to teach them the things that I've been taught and that the Lord has taught me and the Bible has taught me and others have taught me. And by the way, I was mentored. I was mentored by several men of God. Uh, my mom, who's actually a very powerful woman of God and, and in the ministry for many years, many people have poured into me over the years. And I've been hungry. I've been hungry to learn from them because I know that a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. So I became a history buff. I wanted to know what's happened in history so that I don't repeat the same mistakes. I love the word of God because the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. It guides our path and it will give you so many different, uh, very, very important life lessons and stories and wisdom that you will not get anywhere else. The word of God, some people call it the acronym, the basic instructions before leaving earth. I think it's a lot more than basic. I think these are very, very deep instructions before leaving earth. If we follow the Bible, we're going to be set up for success. So a leader's got to be humble. And I, I really encourage you, if you have a heart to be a leader or if you're currently a leader, look into what humility really is. I can't do a full teaching on it today, but there's such importance of humility. There, there's, 
There's so much there. Uh, you know, the Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. That's how you get elevated in the kingdom is you're humble, but you're not, it's not false humility. You got to be careful. Don't go into false humility. It's real humility. It's being humble and, and contrite before the Lord and in your position. Number two is integrity. Integrity. Proverbs 9, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 10, 9. Proverbs 10, 9 says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. That's right. You know, Daniel had unwavering faith and honesty in Daniel chapter 6. You might want to look into that. Daniel chapter 6. Integrity builds trust and respect. In today's world where there's so much corruption, where there's so many people that are fleecing the flock and getting involved in all these things that they shouldn't be, integrity is so critical, crucial, and important. Be above the board in everything that you do. Don't give the enemy an inroad in your life, in your finances, in your business dealings. If something is wrong, walk away. Don't entangle yourself in that. It's very important. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Uh, we don't want to be lukewarm, and a lukewarm person doesn't care about integrity. A, an on-fire believer of God absolutely cares about integrity. We've got to be walking in integrity as a leader. This is why so many people fail in leadership is because they do something stupid. And I'm not saying that every human being doesn't make mistakes, but this is where I'm saying, you know, make sure when you do make a mistake, it's a teachable moment and you don't do it again and, and learn from that mistake. I've made mistakes over the years, but I've learned from them. When, when a person realizes that they're an error, they have two options. They can continue in their error and double down, or they can course correct and that's extremely important if you're a good leader you got to course correct when you realize you're in error in any way shape or form number three a leader especially today has to be courageous joshua 1 9 have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the lord your god will be with you wherever you go think about esther and esther's bravery in saving her people in Esther 4.16, you can look into that, Esther 4.16. Leaders are brave, bold. We've got to be put on the full armor of God, be bold, stand firm, be like a tree that's planted by the water. Don't cave, don't capitulate, don't back down. Leaders have to be bold and courageous. It's, it's so important, especially today. Look how they wanted to close down the churches during the whole C-19 thing. We've, we've got to be bold and courageous in this hour. A leader is a lion, but, but they're gentle as a dove. You know, smart as a serpent, right? Uh, gentle as a dove. Okay, uh, number four, compassion. You got to have compassion. Colossians 3.12. Colossians 3.12. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. The Good Samaritan's act of kindness in Luke 10, 25 through 37 is a prime example of that. We've got to have compassion. We've got to show empathy and care as a leader. That kind of goes along with uh, integrity and humility. You know, humble yourself and show compassion. You know, don't beat somebody up if they make a mistake. You know, love them. Show them how you can improve. Tell them what they did wrong. You know, don't kick people when they're down. A lot of people do that in church. Don't kick people when they're down. Have a compassionate heart. Remember, God has been grace, 
has had a lot of grace on us. He's had a lot of grace on me. And so I have to have grace on others. I see people get saved and then all of a sudden they're like angry towards non-believers. And oh, you know, it's like they're, they're trying to be the religious police. Don't do that. Show them the love of Christ and, and lead through an example and be the light, be the salt and the light, but have compassion. Remember, Paul says, be all things to all people. Doesn't mean cave in our faith or compromise, but it means we're able to meet them where they're at and then show them the light and life of Jesus Christ. We're, we're able to minister to them, to witness to them. That's kind of a lost art today. Sad though, because it's the great commission. We've got to witness to unbelievers and we've got to do it in the love of Jesus Christ. Number five, servant leadership. Ooh, servant leadership. Mark 10, 45, it says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I mean, the example on that is Jesus' overall ministry. The guy is, you know, the God of heaven and earth. He's fully God and fully man, yet he was still serving. Leaders are servants. Now, we don't get taken advantage of. I mean, you know, I'm not telling you to be so nice that people are taking advantage of you. Uh, By the way, being nice is not being a Christian. Just because you're nice, kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. But we can also be bold and have courage. Jesus flipped tables. So it's, it's about discerning, you know, is it a moment for righteous anger? Is it a moment for compassion? We've got to discern the, 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 the situation and the moment that we're in. And that comes through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. But as a servant leader, you're not, some of these people get so prideful and arrogant. Have you noticed this? So prideful and arrogant in their position. And they, and they stop being servants. Instead, they want everybody to serve them. It's like they're like, like some king or something. That's not leadership. That's not Christian leadership. That's fleshly leadership. So if you see somebody like that in the church, now, are you going to see people like that? Sure, because a lot of people get into pride. But remember, pride comes before fall. That's where we go back to number one, humility. So let me just go through these real quick. Uh, number one, humility. Number two, integrity. Number three, courage. Number four, compassion. Number five, servant leadership. And number six is wisdom. Why is that, Pastor Todd? Why do you got to be wise? Well, James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. King Solomon requested for wisdom and discernment in 1 Kings 3, 5 through 14. And he got it. If we ask God, he will give us wisdom on a situation. Many times people come to me as a pastor and they say, well, what do you think about this? I'll say, well, what did God say? They'll say, well, I don't know. Okay, well, did you ask him? Well, I don't know. I don't know how to hear from God. Well, you got to learn to hear from God. That's important. You got to spend time in prayer and inquire of his Holy Spirit and have a two-way conversation with the Lord because the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. So the the key is, and, and we'll do a show on this soon, how to hear from God, because a lot of people ask me that question, how do I hear from God? But it's, it's right in the scripture. I mean, just do a study on it. How do you hear from God? I'll put a post up this week about hearing from God, because so many people ask me this. But remember, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So I believe if you're having a hard time hearing from God, you can go to God and say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. And then you got to give him that time to speak. A lot of times it's a still small voice. We've got to ask the Lord and then we've got to let him speak. And he'll speak in different ways. Sometimes he'll speak through his word, oftentimes. Sometimes he'll speak to your spirit, your conscience. And you'll feel something and you'll know it's God. 
You'll just feel it. You'll know that you know that you know. The Lord will make sure, and sometimes he'll confirm it. In fact, he, he says in his word, confirmation in the mouth of two or more witnesses, his word shall be established. So if you're unsure, this is what I do. I say, well, Lord, I'm not sure. I think you're saying this. But if you are, confirm it. And guess what? Every single time he confirms it. He is a good God. He wants us to ask him. And he's going to give generously to all without finding fault. It's going to be given to you. Number seven, faithfulness. God is looking for leaders that are going to stick to it, that are going to have the tenacity, they are going to be in this for the long, long term. Not somebody that just wants a, a position or you want, you want all the attributes that come along with the position or you think the position is going to be glamorous, then you've got the wrong motives. It's all about motives. See, faithfulness requires, what is faith? Well, faith is the evidence of things unseen. So he wants us to be full of faith. That's what faithfulness is, full of faith. In other words, in the hard times, in the difficult times, because as a leader, you're going to go through difficult times. When it's difficult, that's when you rise up in courage and in faithfulness, humbly. In 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it says, now it is given, I'm sorry, now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I'll read that again, 1 Corinthians 4, 2. It says, now it is required that those who have been given a trust, that's a position of leadership of some sort, God has trusted them or or people have trusted them. They've got to prove faithful. Well, here's an example. Joseph's steadfastness in Egypt, Genesis 39 through 41. You might want to read that. If you have a question about faithfulness, Joseph showed us what that means, what that looks like. Again, it's Genesis 39 through 41. Look into that. Staying faithful to God's calling on your life. That's important. There's a lot of distractions out there. Things that'll get you distracted and away from what you're meant to do. That's what the devil tries to do. He wants us distracted. But when you stay faithful to the calling on your life and the calling of God's word and what he wants us all to do, then God is going to bless that. And the favor of God is going to be on you. And he's going to be with you. So we've got to remain faithful in the good times and the bad times. As I always say, as a Christian, you know, life is a series of ups and downs. It's like mountains and valleys experiences, you know? So you got to make sure that when you're in the tough times that you still remain faithful because that's when the devil wants you to lose your faith. All right, number number eight, this is a really big attribute of a leader. You've got to be a visionary. And a visionary requires faith and hearing from God. In Proverbs 28, 18, it says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. God has given us vision. He's given many of you things in your spirit that you know you're meant to do or things that you know are meant to happen or going to happen in the future, but they haven't happened yet. Well, that requires faithfulness. To, to, be, to have that longevity, to have that stick to to be in this for the long term. Sometimes we can't see how God is going to work something out or when he's going to work it out or how he's going to work it out. All we know is he's going to do it. He said to us, this is going to happen. This is your call. And our job is to keep walking faithfully, knowing that God is indeed going before us and making a way, even when it seems like there is no way. So a visionary Like Nehemiah, when he rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem in Nehemiah 2, that's a pretty good example of a visionary. A visionary sets 
the 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 perspective, the tone. Okay, this is this is where we're gonna this is what we're gonna do. Now notice that Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no vision, the people perish. This is when a lot of churches fail, a lot of ministries fail because they have no vision. You've got to make sure as a leader that you are you are working towards something collectively. And so you've got to set the tone and you got to make sure that the folks get the vision. They understand it because when there's confusion in the vision, you're going to have confusion in the ministry. So it's very important that leaders set the tone. This is where we're headed. This is what we're trying to accomplish here. This is what it looks like. This is the goal. This is what we're doing. Now, it may not always work out exactly as you said or as you want, but at least you, you've set some parameters and you, you've made a clear expectation. See, when the expectation is clear, then people know kind of what it's going to look like or have some type of idea of where we're going or headed. But when there's no expectation set, it's pandemonium, it's lawlessness, it's chaos. That's where a lot of ministries are in chaos because they haven't set a vision. They haven't told the people what the vision is. And what does it say? Where there's no vision, people perish. So we've got to set a godly vision as leaders. Number nine, this is very important because I see a lot of people that are really confused Number nine attribute is decisiveness. As a leader, you've got to be able to make a decision and then you got to go with it. You, you can't be uh, in limbo for too long. You, you know, I, it's understandable if you want to pray over something, that's important. But in James 1.8, it says this, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There's a lot of double-mindedness out there and there's a lot of failed leaders because they're double-minded. The, the minute I see double-mindedness, I say, oh boy, that either needs to change or this is not going to work. Joshua's decision to serve the Lord was, that's it. He did it. He's done. That's like, you know, me. I, nothing is going to change. I mean, I made the decision. There's no uh, backdoor exit strategy. There's no pulling the parachute. You know, no matter what happens, this is it. This is it. God is real. This is the reality of our world. This is the reality of our situation. I'm going to serve him. I've made a decision. It, there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be good seasons. There's going to be bad seasons. There's going to be a time when we need a lot of faith. There's going to be a time when we feel pretty good. But the deal is, no matter what, we praise the Lord and we're decisive in our decisions. We know we, we seek the Holy Spirit. We seek God. We're prayerful. And then we make a decision. We're decisive. We're not unstable. Very important. Number 10, this is number 10, and there's more. But these are the main ones, and I'm not going to be able to cover too much more on today's show. But number 10, self-discipline. You've got to make sure that you have self-discipline. In 1 Corinthians 9, 27, 1 Corinthians 9, 27, it says, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Wow. I read this recently, and I, I wanted to put it in here again because I just think it's so important. The Apostle Paul was saying he would literally be disqualified if he didn't do what he preached. Yeah, so would Todd. So would you. So would any leader. There's a lot of people out there saying things, but are they doing them? You've got to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. God makes this very clear. Paul's commitment to spreading the gospel is a clear example that he had discipline. Why? Well, the guy was persecuted like crazy. He was thrown in jail. He was, he was kicked out of regions. He was, I mean, the guy had heavy, heavy persecution, even until he died. But he made a decision. Look, I have fought the good fight of faith. He says, you know, uh, to live is Christ, to die is gain. 
I'm going to I'm going to do this until the end. I'm going to stand firm. This is so important. We've got to maintain discipline in our life and in the ministry. Very important. So as we're reflecting on these attributes, all of them today, and I'm going to go through them all in just a second here. We've got to strive to embody these qualifications, these qualities in our own leadership roles. And we're looking at others in our life that we may follow and we're saying, do they exude these? Because this is biblical leadership. And if they don't, we've got to ask ourselves, maybe we shouldn't follow this person. Remember, true leadership is rooted in serving others and honoring God. And so it's extremely important that we have this basic framework. The person has to love the Lord. They've got to have a fear of the Lord. They want to please the Lord. It's not about themselves. It's not about achieving some you know, goal so they can be popular, have a lot of money, or have power. A biblical leader is humble, walks in integrity, has courage, has compassion, has the heart of a servant to serve as a leader. They, they walk in wisdom and they seek wisdom from the Holy Spirit. They're faithful. They stick to it. They're visionary because without vision, people perish. They're decisive. They make a decision. They can't be double-minded. And they know how to have self-discipline. They walk and exude in the fruit of the Spirit. I want to pray for you before we go today. If you're a leader, if you want to be a leader, if you're not yet, or if you are somebody who follows people, you're not necessarily a leader, but, and that, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that because it, everybody can't be a leader. There has to be people that follow. There's, there's, you might have a different job. You know, maybe you're a nurse or a doctor or a judge or, you know, those are very important things. And, and yes, you're a leader in your position, but you also have to have others leading you spiritually. And that's fine. That's what the Bible you're not less than. Everybody's got their role to play. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, Not everybody is meant. By the way, leaders are held to a higher standard. You should know that. Leaders are held to a higher standard. So, Lord, I just thank you for everybody listening to the broadcast today. And I just pray in the name of Jesus and by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that, that we would be good leaders if we are leaders, those that are leaders, and those that are aspiring to be leaders, that they would take these attributes and live them out. I pray they'd live them out, Lord God. And I pray that we would all seek to be better at what we do and, and, and who we follow too, Lord. Make sure that the people that we follow are, are exuding these characteristics because this is biblical leadership. We just thank you for who you are, Lord. We thank you that you're good and that you guide our path. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast today. PastorTodd.org is the website. God bless.